Hello, friends. Welcome back. Uh, I hope spooky season's treating you all ever so nicely. Um, so far, mine's off to a just totally creepy start. Um, and uh, it's just going to get better and better. Can't wait. Um, and basically, I mean, since we're in spooky season, it's time to talk about some Halloween films. But I, I want to get progressively creepier. So let's start on the light side. Something kind of light, airy, but still a lot of fun. in this room has the perfect motive stand back for murder what do you mean murder but only one of these suspects is the murderer is it the timid mr green ah, why are you screaming because i'm right out one screaming or the militant colonel mustard oh, if i was the killer i would kill you next huh Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's the matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Huh. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? Nah. Yeah. Pictures invite you to an evening of mystery. Medicine, medicine, Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. Ah! In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. Clue. It's not just a game anymore. For those of you that haven't seen this movie, stop this podcast, go see it. I'm telling you right now, it is just freaking awesome. This is like one of my all-time favorites. Um, it's from 1985. It's an American ensemble and a black comedy mystery film. As we all know, based on the beloved board game, or at least my personal favorite board game. Um, and uh, it's just a whole lot of good fun. Um, directed by Jonathan Lynn, um, who collaborated with John Landis. And it stars uh, Ellen Brennan, Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Martin Mole, Leslie Ann Warren, and produced by Deborah Hill. And they hit the ball out of the park, guys. It's a fucking awesome. Um, so basically keeping with the nature of the board game, um, and essentially they did actually have three possible endings, which is kind of cool. Um, and each theater had received one of the endings. It's kind of neat. So we'll get into how they kind of mix this up, but essentially, um, and those three endings all came home with the or with the home video release, but uh, essentially it's really fascinating, really cool film. And you know, basically let's break it down. So, essentially we're you know in 1954, and six strangers are invited to a dinner party at Hill House, which is a select a secluded mansion in uh, New England, where they meet the butler at Wadsworth. Um, Wadesworth, you know, essentially each one kind of gives it a funny pronunciation, very British. Um, and each one of our guests is given a pseudonym. Um, none of them, of course, knowing their true names, um, but they all will be addressed as, of course, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, Mrs. Peacock, Mr. Green, Professor Plum, and Miss Scarlet. Um, all, of course, well, uh, uh, of course, uh, Tim Curry is, uh, you know, essentially serving and uh, our maid Yvette. Um, now, essentially during the dinner, a seventh guest, Mr. Body, arrives. Um, and it's at this point uh, that uh, Wadsworth essentially reveals that the real person 
um, and the real reason they're there is because Mr. Body has been blackmailing them uh, and the other guests essentially for some time. So blood boils, he kind of reminds all of them that, you know, essentially, you know, say what you want, but if you arrest me, I'm going to, you know, basically blow all your secrets sky high. So essentially he ends up handing out to each guest a weapon and it's our, our classics or well I should it is a weapon but to them it looks like a gift so it starts with a candlestick dagger lead pipe revolver rope wrench you know essentially the good stuff and essentially suggesting um that one of them is going to kill the butler to avoid exposure exposure and humiliation so when he turns the lights out a gunshot rings um and essentially when the lights are turned back on they find Mr. Body is dead with no visible traces on how so essentially, uh, Wadsworth begins to explain that he was the one who arranged for all of them to meet the mansion, knowing Mr. Body was blackmailing them, and essentially, you know, goes to admit his story about his wife committing suicide, uh, you know, essentially Mr. Body's uh, manipulations, um, and essentially, you know, drove him uh, to try and help free them of the same cycle of blackmail, and essentially he wanted them to force a confession out of him before they turned him over to police. And essentially just at this point, that's when they begin to notice that Mrs. Ho, the cook is found dead and she's been stabbed with a dagger. Um, and at this point, that's also where Mr. Body's body disappears. Um, it'll later be rediscovered with new injuries when the candlestick and, uh, the eight come to the conclusion, you know, essentially that he was killed by the candlestick, not the gunshot. Um, and it's at this point, um, that Wadsworth locks the four remaining weapons in the cupboard and is about to throw out the key when a, you know, basically a stranded motorist arrives and they're just, all of them are distraught. We can't have another one here. So they lock him in the lounge um, to use the phone. And this is when he throws the key out into the driveway. And Colonel Mustard proposes they split into pairs and search the house. To make sure no one else is there because it's their only logical conclusion. Um, and basically upon searching, um, this is when the poor motorist on the phone is killed with the wrench. And um, Mustard and Scarlet find his corpse in the lock lounge where Yvette uses the gun from the now unlocked cupboard to break open the keyhole this whole like three stooges comedy session uh, now the police officer investigating the motorist abandoned car arrives and comes inside to use the phone uh the guests resume their search of the mansion um and this is the point where the electricity is turned off and yvette the cop and the singing poor singing telegram girl um which is so brutal just like the alarm rings i i just i i'll never forget that scene i still remember it as a kid and i still you know, it just gets me every time. I am your singing telegram. Right down dead. Um, but anyways, of course, they're taking out lead pipe, rope, um, and revolver. And it's at this point that they regroup. Um, the electricity comes back on. And essentially, this is when, uh, you know, essentially, Wadsworth knows what's going on. So he proceeds to recreate the events of the night um, in order to explain how the murders have occurred. Um and this is basically where we got our three different endings. So in the theatrical showing at this point, the audience would have been shown one of the three following endings. So depending on what theater you went to, you would have saw a different ending than another person at another theater, which to me, I think is really, really cool. Um, for those of you who, like myself, saw this when it was released at home, you would have seen the three consecutive endings, just boom, boom, boom. So starting with ending one, that murdered the cook and body... Or 
under orders from Miss Scarlet, uh, for whom she once worked as a call girl. Uh, Miss Scarlet killed the vet along with the other murdered victims. She wanted to keep her business of extortion safe and plans to sell the secrets of the surviving guests. She intends to shoot Wadsworth, uh, who ex exerts the gun, um, and there are no more bullets, of course, left, so he's fine. Um, Wadsworth reveals himself to be the undercover FBI agent, takes the gun from Miss Scarlet, and apprehends her. Um, the evangelist is revealed to be the police officer, police chief who arrives uh, with the police officers and federal agents um, and essentially prove the gun's empty. Wesworth fires it towards the ceiling and however it sadly did contain one last bullet. Um, so the gunshot brings down the hall chandelier right behind Colonel Mustard nearly missing him and so far we end. Option two, Mrs. Peacock killed all the victims to cover up taking bribes from foreign powers. Uh, she holds uh, essentially the others at gunpoint while escaping to her car. And she's caught by the police officer, the evangelist. And essentially this is when Wildsworth reveals he is an undercover FBI agent planted to spy on her activities to order her arrest. And last but not least, each person killed one person. Uh, and this is kind of like my personal favorite. So Professor Pum killed Mr. Body, believing it to and the blackmail, Mrs. Peacock and Colonel Mustard killed Cook and Motorist, respectively, for telling Mr. Body about their illegal activities. Mrs. White killed Yvette because of her jealousy towards her, and Mrs. Scarlet killed the cop, so she no longer had to bribe him. Mr. Green is thus accused of killing the singing telegram girl, but Wadsworth reveals that he has not only killed her, but he revealed that Mr. Body, the man killed by Professor Film, was his butler. Um, he had bought, brought his accomplices to the house to be killed by the guests. With the witnesses to each of the secret activities dead and the evidence destroyed, Mr. Bonnie Body plans on continuing to blackmail all the survivors. Mr. Green suddenly pulls out another gun and kills Mr. Body. He says he's the undercover FBI agent who's been sent on the Mr. Body's case. He brings in the chief uh, evangelist to arrest the others, and Mr. Green, who claimed he was blackmailed for being gay, leaves while saying... I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife and it cuts to black. Um, so it's, you know, everyone kind of gets their own ending depending on what you like. And it's one hell of a film, one hell of a ride. My synopsis is nothing in compared to taking the 90 minutes to truly enjoy this film because it's, it's definitely worth it. Um, I mean, for those of you with kids listening and you're wondering, can I watch it with kids? It's not bad, but there is some subtle hints to sexuality that definitely would not be deemed acceptable. If your children are a little bit older, you know, perhaps it might be worth viewing with them. Of course, I always recommend caution, perhaps view ahead of time before you show to children. Um, so diving into the cast, um, still like just stellar. These are 80s bombs. These were big names. Well, in a way for Tim Curry, not, he's kind of in the middle. Um, but Leslie Ann Warren, Martin Mull, um, those of you who grew up with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, definitely would recommend or rec um, would recognize him, uh, Colonel Mustard. Uh, Madeline Kahn, guys, if you don't know Mrs. White or who she is, she is, Madeline Kahn is like just one hell of a comedian, one hell stellar of a comedian and worth looking into. Her old YouTube clubs are amazing my personal favorite always professor plum although it's kind of disheartening to watch him as this like total creep sexual predator although christopher lloyd does a good job considering i mean it's weird to think that that's doc and then he's just being like a total creep um ellen brenner as mrs peacock um and uh, michael mckean as mr green come together to just deliver one hell of a performance and 
Of course, our secondary characters, Colin Campy, that leaving Mr. Body, they all do, you know, they do their justice. But at the end of the day, I'm here to watch my clue game board come to life. So the development for the multi-ending concept was developed by John Landis, who claimed in an interview to have been invited, who who had invited playwright Tom Stafford, writer and composer Stephen Sondheim, and actor Anthony Perkins to write the screenplay. And ultimately, he ended up finishing, uh, Jonathan Lynn would end up finishing it. And I guess apparently they did end up making a fourth ending, where essentially it's all Wasworth who committed all the murders. Um, and essentially, he was motivated for a desire perfection. Couldn't be the perfect husband, couldn't be the perfect butler decided to be the perfect murderer um and the only way to actually truly see this ending because it was really just cut 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 um is uh to see in the clue uh the storybook a tie-in book released um in conjunction with the film and i didn't realize you know that they did not want tim curry um essentially they had looked at essentially having leonard roster um as well as rowan atkins both deny um essentially you know essentially weren't either well known as according to the producers um or in leonard and leonard roster's uh, case he died so kind of mis uh unfortunate but personally i'm very happy to have tim curry take that role because i couldn't imagine anybody else and i didn't realize that carrie fisher was originally uh, uh contacted to portray miss scarlet but withdrew to enter treatment for drug and alcohol addiction and not a whole lot went on filming wise. They just basically were on um, Paramount Studios um, production lots um, in Hollywood and of course kind of in and around the area. But I guess um, for the interior scenes, um, with the exception of a ballroom, the ballroom itself was actually a driveway gate exteriors um, of a mansion outside South Pasadena in California. Sadly, this mansion did burn down, uh, but with just some uh, Exterior shots, um, they were enhanced with uh, matte paintings, essentially. That would have been the way to make it look larger. Um, and uh, just kind of a neat way that you would have basically had sort of effects, for lack of a better word, in 1985. And I didn't realize that the famous flame speech uh, at the end of this film was improvised by Madeline herself. So it just goes to prove how fucking cool she is. Um, so released December 13th, 1985 with, um, essentially one of the three endings. Um, and, uh, some of the theaters announced which ending the viewer would see, which is kind of a disappointment to me. I think they should have just kind of left that and just let it come to fruition as people chatted. I thought that would have been really cool. So home media, that's where I was first introduced to this film as a young lass. Um, it was on VHS and I got to see all three consecutive endings and it was one of my favorites. Uh, purchased, had it, was so excited to own it and uh, I still own that VHS copy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and uh, actually still have a Blu-ray copy as well because it's just this film meant that much to me so critical response it means a lot to me but definitely not to our critics um basically pretty much hit it negatively saying that it you know it's sort of engaging and just falls flat that they felt the film was just a total drag um and essentially one particular quote I found said the movie needed three middles rather than three different endings now uh Roger Ebert a trusted name only two out of four stars um he said the screenplay is so very very thin that the actors spend most of their time looking frustrated as if they'd been cut off right before they were about to see something interesting just really sad to me <laughs> and holding a solid 59% so I recommend guys go watch this and uh, go raise that score because it definitely should be up higher now sadly box office wise 
this film did not make money. It did actually just under its uh, $15 million budget. In fact, only raking in 14.6. So pretty big disappointment. But in all of that, uh, essentially Hollywood doesn't doesn't know when to quit. Even when they do make any sort of garbage, they always make a remake. The good news is this isn't garbage. So let's hope the remake keeps up the... Uh, keeps up the, you know, essentially the 110% effort that's been put in here. But I'm pretty excited because there is good news. So essentially, this was all started back in 2011, kind of bounced hands around. But last noted to, in January 2018, Fox announced that Ryan Reynolds, who'd established a three-year first-look deal with the studio, would star in the live-action remake of Clue. Um, so we've got, as well, Rhett Reese and Paul w Wernick. Um, and essentially, they were the writers for Ryan's led Deadpool series and, the, uh, and its sequel, as well as Life. And if there's anything I love more... It's Canadians leading the way. And of course, the one and only Ryan Reynolds. He's just, who doesn't love fucking Ryan Reynolds? If, if you don't, there's probably something fucking wrong with you. <laughs> Anyways, um, pretty much wrapping up there, guys. This film's awesome. Highly recommend checking out. Don't care what the critics say. It's just, it's a good, fun feature, especially to kind of get you in that Hollywood, or in that Hollywood, in that Halloween mood. Now, um, of course, speaking with uh, holidays, for my Canadian listeners out there, wishing you all a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has lots of turkey, pumpkin pie, and a wonderful long weekend full with, uh, you know, cherished moments with friends, family, and uh, all that great stuff. Uh, if you like what you heard, please leave a comment, please leave a review. Um, you know, essentially, you're just helping others hear me and just spreading my voice for the for the masses <laughs> i really appreciate it and and either way if you want to follow what antics i've been getting it up to follow me on instagram at cast.crawford17 or just you know pop by say hi i love to hear from you um and of course guys i've been working on lots of cool stuff for halloween not just the 31 days of horror um if uh, you don't know what that is check out my instagram i've been posting uh, a film to check out each day and uh, you know essentially working on some really cool topics to uh, cover in the the near future so as always guys keep calm stay creepy <laughs>